Hey everyone, welcome back. I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. And as we always do on Tuesdays of Game Week, we dig in deeper to what happened on Sunday. Um, one quick big picture NFL note, though, that I think applies to the Steelers. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosk and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Green Bay and Tampa Bay got, I don't want to say unlikely wins, but much-needed wins yesterday. Who are their quarterbacks? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, the two most influential quarterbacks probably on their offensive system and have the coach's ear or pressure them or whatever. Um, more than any probably one ones in the league, and that's deserved. They're two of the best that have ever, ever done it. Well, where I'm going with this is both those teams, the Packers and Bucks, and I've been talking about this all year, and I can't wait for some analytic folks to really dig into the value of the running game this offseason because I think it's becoming more and more important than ever. But both those teams, and Green Bay went to overtime, and Aaron Rodgers threw 20 passes. And Brady wasn't much more volume passer than that. But both those teams ran the football, ran the football, ran the football with very efficient passing. And boy, there's many instances this year, compared to previous years, of that being an absolute winning formula in today's NFL. So... Just keep an eye on that. Obviously, that correlates to what Pittsburgh did yesterday as well. I'm recording this Monday, so yesterday's really two days ago for you. Um, so here are my nuggets from the game. Stuff I've dug up around the internet, my second viewing thoughts, some snap count stuff, stuff like that. So when the Steelers were in 12 personnel, and if you're going to hang around here, you need to know what 12 personnel means. and what these. So, quick lesson. The first number is the number of running backs and or fullbacks on the field. The second number is the number of tight ends. 12 personnel, therefore, is one back, two tight ends, two receivers. Mostly, you see 11 personnel. Well, what's the quiz? 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three receivers. That's been the Steelers, well, the whole league's staple number one personnel grouping, but the Steelers have been at the top of the league the last couple of years in 11 personnel. In fact, last year, only the Bengals and Rams, two Super Bowl teams, had more 11 personnel usage than the Steelers. But anyway, back to 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. So during the first eight games of the year with Chase Claypool, Claypool was on that field on the field for that grouping 60 out of 84 snaps. So when they had two receivers on the field, about three quarters of the time, Claypool was one of them. Almost always with Deontay, of course. Last week, with Claypool out of the picture, Pickens played 19 of 27 snaps out of 12 personnel, including when they threw the ball. This worries me a little bit, but that's because I'll that in a second. They threw out of 12 personnel 18 times. He was on the field for 17 of the pass plays. So... He is now, as we expected, I don't think that should shock any of us. He is a true every down receiver. Um, he played 63 out of 84 snaps in total. I assume some of that is just rest because 84 snaps is a lot of routes to run, especially as many go routes as they run. Sometimes you just 
run and go and you step out of bounds and let someone else come in type of deal. But the fact that he played predominantly in 12 personnel is a big boost in his usage. And, and this is just something to keep an eye on. Hopefully teams don't figure out that, well, Pickens is on the field in 12, they're going to throw because 17 out of 18 is a bit of a trend, but that's a one-time thing. We'll let that slide. So when 11 personnel, what's that again? One back, one tight end, three receivers. Gunnar Olszewski and Steven Sims handled it an even 22 to 22 snap split out of 11 as the third receiver, I'm sure nine out of 10 times. I don't like that with Gunner. I'm sorry. I'm not a Gunner fan as a, as a slot receiver. That was one of my fears that they would just insert him and think he's Wes Welker. I don't think he is. Um, but I do like Sims. They did some other things as well, but 11 personnel, which they've played a little less. I think you're going to see more two tight end snaps or, you know, than we did before. But it looks like Sims and Gunner are in an even split to be that third receiver. Um, in terms of just total wide receiver snap counts, Sims played 32. Gunner played 22, only in those instances. Boykin was out there for 14. So, Sims was the player that took over for Pickens in 12 personnel. What's that again? One running back, two tight ends in running situations, which is why Sims played more offensive snaps than Gunner. Is that too convoluted? When they were in three wide, Gunner and, and Sims split time. When they were in two wide, Sims was out there for the rundowns. Pickens was out there for the throwdowns. Basically, there's the, the the short Cliff Notes version of that. And I assume that's because they want that jet sweep action from, from Sims. But that also worries me as a tell, too. Like, people are going to catch on pretty quick that if it's 12 with Sims, it's a run. If it's 12 with Pickens, it's a throw. We'll see. It's something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, that's not a recurring theme. Um, again, I, lo- I love looking at the snap counts. I think they tell you a lot about what they think of the team, what they think of their players. Najee played 50 snaps in this game compared to 36 for Warren. I like that split. Um, the early, it was a two to one Harris to Warren. I think Warren deserves, you know, more than 33%. So 50 to 36 in obviously a lot of snaps because they were on the field a ton is great by me. I like that ratio. Um, tight end usage. I mentioned they, I don't have the percentage, but they definitely played more 12 personnel in this game, probably in any game that they played all year. Some of it's because they had a lead, some because they run the ball so well, but some of it's helped them run the ball so well. What's 12 personnel? One back, two tight ends. Okay. Fryermuth played 58 snaps. Gentry played 43. Hayward played 17. I guess I'm cool with that, but I'm souring on Gentry a little bit, you know, like he just brings nothing to the passing game and he's a good blocker, but he's not Mark Bruner. <laughs> I mean, he's fine, but he's not great. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I'd like to see Hayward's usage bump up a little, maybe even some more slot stuff. Um, but Gentry was out there for 43 snaps, a lot more 12 personnel overall. 
Uh, I got some more little nuggets here with the defense, and then we'll take a break, come back with some of my other thoughts. Defense played total 47 snaps. So some guys played every snap. Um, as the outside linebacker rotation, I'm sure some of you are interested how much did did Watt um, play in this game. Well, Highsmith played 43 of 47. It's a big ratio. Watt played 37 of 47, and Reed played 14. None of the other outside linebackers saw the field. So I don't know if you noticed this, but Miles Jack was healthy. He was not scratched. Didn't play a snap. I mean, he was fighting something all week. I guess that's a good thing. You hate to have a, a roster spot not being used on game day. But I guess they felt they never quite needed him. Why put him in harm's way? They were winning. It was working. The defense was playing well. So of a possible 47 snaps, Spillane played 47. I think you guys know my thoughts on Spillane, but okay. I mean, it, it didn't hurt him and, and got away with it. Bush played 40, and I thought Bush played pretty well. I didn't think Spillane played bad, by the way, so I'm not going to destroy him all the time. Um, their nickel package was Edmonds, KZ as the safeties, Sutton, Wallace, and Millette. So when they went to nickel... Those were the five. No Spoon, no Jackson, no Minka. So that's where they're at on that. Uh, As mentioned, it is time for a quick break and then some of my other more general thoughts. So the Saints, you might look at this offense and be like, it's a bad offense. I told you much over and over last week that, you know, you stop Kamara, you stop Alave, they don't have much else. But that being said, the Saints entered this game averaging 27 points per game in Andy Dalton's six starts. Sears would kill to average 27 points per game. I mean, Sears get to 20, it's late breaking news. So the six games he started coming into this, they had averaged 27 points per game. And really, as we talked about yesterday, they only had that two-minute drill at the end of the half where they were really gaining any kind of offensive steam. You know, so the second half of the game was tied after, you know, at the half. It was 10-10 after they'd scored going in. So the Saints' five possessions in the second half were punt, punt, interception, turnover on down, interception. I mean, that's putting the clamps on in the second half. And it's harder and harder to do late in games. Offenses figure out your checks and your keys and your weaknesses. And Steelers' defense was phenomenal in the second half. And I really should have mentioned that stronger yesterday. But punt, punt, interception, turnover on downs, interception. Um, Talked about some of the explosives. We talked about that a lot yesterday. They had six explosives on offense, four of them were runs. Najee had a 36-yard run. Pickett had a 23-yarder. Pickens had a 22-yarder. And Warren had a 21-yarder. So (laughs) I didn't realize this. Those four runs of 20 yards or more 
was more than the Steelers had all season coming into this game. Ouchie mama. I mean, some of these are backhanded compliments. <laughs> Um, and now I'm last, last little thing here to wrap this up as we always do. I have a category called better than I originally thought and worse than I originally thought better than I originally thought Mason Cole. I called him out yesterday, but watching it a second time and focusing on him, his pass protection was excellent. He played a very solid game top to bottom. And Dan Moore Jr., I mean, the much maligned left tackle, second-year player. Remember, that he's only a second-year player. But he was killing it in the run game. I mean, he was consistently opening holes. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. In a perfect world with unlimited resources, which is not how football works, but the Steelers have a lot of resources this offseason, it'd be great to put Marquise Pouncey in at center and Anthony Munoz at left tackle. And you tell Dan Moore... You're our swing tackle. Maybe you compete for the left guard spot. And you tell Mason Cole, you're our backup at all three interior positions. And maybe you fight for the left guard spot. Maybe that's where they'll be. Maybe they'll use a first round pick on the left tackle and sign a center. But I also think in today's O-line starved world, these two plays like this, you're in great shape. But they've had their down moments too. So... Maybe you play replace one and there's a ripple effect or whatever. But again, those are the two that everyone's going to point out. Um, and I think both could also compete at left guard with Dotson, big picture, which is interesting to me as well. Um, again, better than thought. Warren in the pass game, the way he runs routes, the way he picks up blitzes, um, I know that there are a lot of you realize he's good in protection. And he's very, very willing and loves it. But he's a really good receiver, shifty after the catch, too. Might want to see more of Warren in the pass game. Um, the left tackle that Highsmith went against was a bad player. But I didn't quite realize the first time watching it. Of course, I knew the two sacks. But he dominated that dude. I mean, just destroyed him. Uh, Layden Young was the left tackle for much of this game after Hurst went out. Didn't really matter. Hurst is okay. Young's awful. But Highsmith destroyed him, and the guy's got eight and a half sacks. I mean, it's November 14th. He has eight and a half sacks. Probably going to end up with 15 or something, having a heck of a year. And it's not just because TJ came back. Um, I didn't mention Cam Hayward's name yesterday, but he was a major force again. His run defense really has been outstanding. Yeah, I mean... He has just dominated the point of attack. He's handling double teams well. He's pushing guards and centers a yard or two back in rundowns, which just destroys how you know uh, running plays are designed. He's been a major force and not as much splash as in previous years, but doing the dirty work and grinding it out, really putting good tape out there. And his, his sort of partner in crime there, Adams, Really good against the run this game, too. I thought this was an impressive performance by him. Hate to say it, he's much better than Alu at this point. Um, KZ was a guy we talked about a little bit yesterday. He was phenomenal not allowing the big plays, that last layer of defense. I thought his tackling was excellent. He showed up a lot, even though he was often well off the ball. So, boy, I'm excited to see him and Minka together. I don't know when that'll be, hopefully sooner than later. But, boy, they would have been in a much different situation 
if <laughs> Minka's appendix burst any other week because having KZ there made that much more palatable. He's a good football player. Um, Levi Wallace played a really strong game as well. I thought Bush was solid too. So I'm not expecting Wallace and Bush to be the best corner. I mean, they're not Mel Blunt and Jack Lambert, but played solid football, mistake-free football. As we like to do, I like to mention a few of the opponents that stood out. There weren't a lot of them for New Orleans. But this Caden Ellis kid, I didn't know anything about him. Edge guy, he really was good. He played like every snap. Um, was really hard to run his direction. That was Chooks' side. And he made some splash in the in, as a pass rusher, too. So I know some of these guys that are no-name guys to us. We just don't pay enough attention to as the, the opposite fan base, but they may have something in that guy. And then Chris Harris, who's been around the league a long time, nickel corner, played a very solid game too out of the nickel and was around the football a lot for them. Um, worse than originally thought. Wormley. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is what he is. He's a four in a six-man rotation. Just wasn't a great showing by him. Um, wasn't a great showing by Malik Reed either. I mentioned, you know, he didn't play a ton of snaps. I'm scrolling back up here to see it. He played 14, but they were uneventful ones. It's only 14 snaps, not overreacting. He's a third guy. So, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm nitpicking a little bit on Wormley and Reed. It's not like they were out there all game. Um, some other guys that were bad. And we talked about this a lot leading up to the game, so we were kind of right on that. They're outside corners. You know, Harris on the nickel was good. Taylor and Adebo, without Lattimore out there, were problematic. And to be frank, a better quarterback performance would have lit those two up. I mean, Pickens and Deontay were open a lot against Taylor and Adebo. And sometimes they were missed, sometimes pocket collapse. Sometimes Pickett dropped his eyes. Sometimes he did rookie stuff, whatever. Um, and not taking away from Adams or Highsmith or Cam or any of those front guys we talked about. <sighs> and I guess this was a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth to end the podcast, but all those replacement offensive linemen for the Saints, they're really bad football players. I mean, they had two different dudes playing left, left guard, Throckmorton and Kidd with two Ds. Bad, bad, bad. Landon Young had to come in at left tackle. Really bad. Uh, Josh Andrews at center. Also quite bad. So they had four, they had three positions basically, but four different guys, the Throckmorton kid, Young, Andrews, out there as replacement level players for an offensive line. Well, they absolutely look like it. They are troublesome. Uh, that is a wrap for today. We will be back tomorrow. Over and out.